Well, thank you so much for joining in uh, this evening. I am excited and honored to, to uh, bring the word to you tonight. Uh, my heart is full. And so to be honest with you, I'm leaning in on the Holy Spirit tonight so that I say exactly what needs to be said. And um, we're going to go ahead and get right into it. So if you got your Bibles, you're watching at home, get your Bible. And let's open up to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to go back and forth from some different scriptures tonight. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures tonight. Because tonight I want to encourage you in that God is faithful. I was, riding, uh, I was riding to work about a week ago. It was actually the same day. Uh, Brother Leon gave me a call and said, hey, would you, would you mind speaking on, uh, on Wednesday? And uh, so anyway, I was riding on my way to work. And uh, I was like, you know what? I got some time here. I'm going to turn the radio down. I'm going to take this time to pray. And so my mind immediately goes to, well, what, sh- what should I pray about? And then all these things start coming in. Well, you probably need to pray about this, and you probably need to pray about this, and this, and this. And I start getting flooded. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. I got all this stuff to pray for. Now I start thinking about how to pray, what to pray about. And my, you, okay, I am, I am, I just analyze so much. I'm over-analytical. I mean, it's just, so I start to think about, all right, what is the worst possible outcome that could come from this? And I'm going to start building my prayer toward that. And we're going to start working this way up so that would never happen. And, I, and, and, so, and so before I began, and I was like, all right. And before I began to speak, I realized that I wasn't in faith. And I was, I was, begin, I was getting ready to pray out of worry. And we never want to do that. And so I thought, I'm mature enough to know when I'm not in faith, I just bring my heart to the Father. And I'll just say, Lord, I'm having some issues with this and this and this. And before I could even bring it out of my mouth, the Holy Spirit whispered on the inside of me. And he said, I'm too faithful for that. I'm too faithful to allow this circumstance to happen. I'm too faithful for this. And, and man, isn't it, isn't it something how our mind just automatically goes to what the worst possible outcome could be so often. And if we're not, if we're, if we're not patient enough, we'll just go ahead and start adjusting our lifestyle, adjusting our preparations for the, for the worst thing without considering how faithful God is. And, and it's so important for us to, to walk uh, uh, um, relevant as far as understanding what's going on around us but never to negate what has already been promised and established in the word of God. God is faithful. And that, man, that stirred up in me. See, you know what? Uh, when the Holy Spirit uh, comforts you, because that's what he's, he's given to you for, to be a comforter, one of the things. When you need comforted, he doesn't just give you a blanket and a pillow for you to curl up and just get comfortable. He, He's never going to do that. A, a pillow and a blanket is never going to manifest itself next to you at your work desk. So that you can just curl up and just, no, 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 they, we got things to do. The kingdom is still advancing. The gospel's still being preached. So the, I, I found out that the main way that the Holy Spirit comforts us is that he reminds us of the character of our Heavenly Father through his word, by his word. So you're like, well, uh, so, but, so he's going to give me chapter and verse? Well, no, 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 not necessarily. I remember even when I was still learning this, and b- before I went to Ram, I was in high school, there were things that other people said that I couldn't point to you chapter verse. But I knew here, it just didn't sit well with me. 
that's the Holy Spirit directing you and reminding you the character of your heavenly Father so you don't go this way. And the, Lord, and, and the Holy Spirit did the same thing for me on that way to work on Tuesday morning. He said, no, 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 I'm too faithful for that. And I counted that as comfort. I counted that as a seed that was planted on the inside of me. And that just stirred me up, and I grabbed a hold of that. And I said, you know, and I started to say it. I said, no, you're right, God, you're too faithful for that. You're too faithful for that. And for a while, I didn't even know what else to say. But that's where I started. You're too faithful. I probably would have said it 30 times. God, you're too faithful. You're too faithful. And then I started to speak to my doubt. I said, doubt, he's too faithful for that. Circumstance, he's too faithful for this. Fear, he's too faithful for this. And then it just started to rise up within me. This is how the Holy Spirit works. This is how he comforts you. Yield to this when this happens. Then you begin to pray out in faith, and things begin to change. I said, God, you're too faithful not to heal. You're too faithful not to provide. You're too faithful not to restore, redeem, and bring salvation. You're too faithful, for you've already said it. And it's beyond your character to say something and do otherwise. Oh, man, I tell you, before I got to work, I was ready for work. I wasn't worried about all this other stuff that, that may be happening in my life and other people's lives that I've been praying for. I was established, comforted, and, and in strength, operating in the joy of the Lord to, to, walk, to walk out my day in faith. Praise God. Praise God. So this is what I want to talk to you about tonight. And if there's a title for my sermon tonight, you can write it down if you're taking notes. But it's, I'm too faithful for that. If you're watching online and, and you're watching with someone, look to the person next to you and tell them, he's too faithful for that. Say, my God's too faithful to allow this. And now, now, now we're going to get through this, and, I, and I'm going to show you what I mean by this, but it doesn't mean this. God being too faithful to allow something to happen doesn't necessarily mean that this is going to be a cakewalk. Where, my, where I'm just going to walk around in a circle, and at some point, they're going to call my number, and I'm going to get a cake. It's not that easy. But he has equipped you and given you his word so that we can be empowered to see it come to pass. It's, uh, Hebrews says that the faith, uh, we will receive the promises of God uh, through faith and patience. So it may take those things. But pa patience, uh, uh, operating in strength, it's just really been on my, my heart personally. The Lord has been talking to me about strengthening myself in the Lord, operating in patience, being faithful, all these different things. Uh, patience uh, is helped when we have a clear understanding that God is faithful. Because pa when we're lacking in patience, where we are putting too much emphasis on, on the different variables that can change. You know, oh, I wonder if this is going to change. I wonder, and it, it makes us anxious. So we want to try to start implementing our own way of doing things. But when you recognize God is faithful and he's constant, you'll be able to maintain endurance and to walk out, to run this race with endurance and in, and in patience and in faith. Praise God. So tonight, I want to talk to you about he's too faithful. I want to encourage you. I'm going to give you reasons, characteristics, why God is faithful. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it says this, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made which, from the things which are visible. I want to point this scripture to you out and say this. As believers, we know that when God spoke, he said, let there be light, there was light. Right? When he said it, it came to pass. It literally came out of his mouth. The, John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in the beginning, it was the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Or in that point, it was 
the Father, the Word, and Holy Spirit, the Word being Jesus, the one he sent for us. And so when the Heavenly Father spoke it, it was the Word of God going forth by the Holy Spirit became, became what we see today. And by faith, we know that the worlds were framed by God's words. So I want to bring that to you because this, number one, God is faithful because when he speaks, he's speaking truth and his words take power. They bring change. Amen? So, so the first point is this, when God speaks, he speaks truth. I want to, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, or we're in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Okay, here's another example. I love this example. It says this, by faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child and she was when she was past of age because she had judged him who had, uh, she had judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. And Sarah didn't live on earth to see that promise fulfilled. She's in the grandstands of heaven. We, get, we see here in chapter 12, it says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, right? So she is getting to see her promise fulfilled. But in the beginning, look at this. It says, by faith, her, in verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive a child. So this was done by faith. But what was her faith holding on to? It was because she, at the end of the scripture here, because she judged him faithful who had promised. God gave her a word. And she was able to have faith beyond what she could even understand in her mind to be even possible. Because she judged God faithful as promised. There's things in our lives that God has promised us. That circumstances has happened, and we and, and it's coming to try to shake the foundation of what you know to be true. But I'm here to tell you that, that we can have, we can judge God faithful beyond our ability to understand actually how it's going to work out. She had no idea how she was going to physically be able to make a child. She was past of age. She's 99 years old. They probably couldn't even still today be able to explain to you how that was possible. Right? I'm not a doctor, but hey. But she still judged him faithful as promised. You know, there's things that our church is going to do that we're going that. Let me, let me stop. There's things that this church has already done that we look back and we say, man, God was faithful. How, how did that? How did, he's the same God that he was yesterday is the same the one that he is today. That he's going to be tomorrow. There are things that he's calling us out to. And as we walk in wisdom and by faith, being led by the Holy Spirit, grounded and rooted in love, his word, God will continue to do things that will make the world take notice. Because they don't, they don't get it. They don't, it's, you know, the gospel's foolish to a man. But for us, it's the power of the salvation. Right? Because we see it. God is doing things in the supernatural even today when every news outlet is saying different. When every, when every st statistic is saying otherwise. God is still doing something today. And I'm telling you, church, get ready. God is faithful. And he'll continue to be faithful because I've seen too much. I've seen too much. God is too faithful. He's too faithful for that. Praise God. 
God is too faithful. Uh, Numbers 23, 19. If you, got your, if you got your Bibles, you can go with me there. I'm going to read it to you real quick. I got it actually marked in my Bible, so I bet you I'll beat you. But it says this, Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? He's talking, I love this at the end. I'm going to read it again. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make good? He's speaking to two different circumstances. Number one, something that hasn't even started that you haven't seen. Number two, something that you have seen, but like, man, I thought that was going to be much better than what you promised. <laughs> has he not spoken it? He's going to do it. And he turns around all things for good who, who love him, right? So God is faithful to make sure. I love there's a song out there right now. I can't remember exactly which one it is, but it says this. If, it's, if the circumstance isn't good, he's not done. <laughs> if the circumstance isn't good, he's not done. Well, what's your definition of good? good definition of good for me, biblically, is, is, is God getting the glory. If God isn't getting the glory yet, he's not done yet. Because he will get the glory. He will receive it. God is, God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he'll do it. That means, man, if we see it right here, church, we can grab a hold of it and we can call it done. It's going to happen. God is faithful. He's too faithful not to come through. Because number one, when he speaks, he speaks truth. He speaks the truth. Luke chapter 5. Here's another one. I love this example of faith um, from Peter here. I, I see it as a... As, uh, an example of faith. Uh, Luke chapter 5, and if you are turning with me tonight, I hope you are, you can go ahead and put a bookmark there. We're going to come back to Luke chapter 5 later on. But uh, we'll start in verse 1. It says this, so it was as the multitude pressed about him, him being Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. So he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, or, or as we know, Peter, stepped into his boat and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Okay, so what's happening here? There's a crowd. They're all around Jesus, and Jesus is like, I need a little bit of space so that I can speak. I, see, I like, I like the distance I have right now to an extent. If y'all were all standing right here on the stage, this would be kind of weird. Right, so he's like, I need some space. Let me step into the boat. So he steps into Peter's boat. I love it because it's symbolism of, of him stepping into Simon's life in that moment. That was everything that he had. Jesus stepped right in. That's a sermon for another time. But he steps right in. He steps right into his boat. And he, he says, cast out a little bit from the shore here. And, 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 and so he begins to teach to the multitudes. And Simon's like, man, I'm tired. I've been out here all night, as we learn later. What's this man doing? But I like what he's saying. Jesus finishes what he's saying, and, and we'll pick up verse, uh, verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out to the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Let me paraphrase that for you. I'm tired. I'm tired. But I love this. He didn't stop there. These are, these are huge right here. If we could learn this right here. Nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word. This is what so-and-so said. This is what's going I've been doing this. Lord, do you know how long I've been working on this? 
do you know how long we've been doing this? But if we could just get back to the point to say, nevertheless, Lord, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word. There was something in Simon. You know, at first glance, this really doesn't look like a whole lot of faith, does it? But Jesus tells us that we just have faith like a mustard seed, right? Just enough to say, you know what? You know, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, I I don't know what you're going to do here. I I need some fish. I ain't caught anything all night. But he says, nevertheless, Lord, at your word, they go out, and, this, and, and it tells us here that they couldn't even contain what the Lord had for them to bring back in. He was tired, but he had a respect for what the master was saying. He had a reverence for what someone that he recognized had much authority more than himself. He said, if you say it, okay. If you say it, nevertheless, Lord, at your word. See, I, th- I really believe that um, this season for myself, for many others, I've been talking to, to some young adults, many others, guys, I know, I know that many of us are tired. I know we're just sick of hearing it, right? All the different things. I'm done with this. I don't know how many times. I'm so over this. I'm so over this. But if you said it, God, I'm going to walk it out because I'm going to judge you faithful as promised. God's, God is faithful because when he says it, it's going to come to pass. He speaks truth. I know in my, life, in my personal life, Cana and I, when we first got married, we've been married 10 years now. I'm 30 years old. And uh, I got married young, obviously. I got married at 20. And I knew a whole lot less than I know now. And I still, man, I still got a long way to go. But he, Y'all can't hear that. My wife just amen that. I've been preaching up here this whole time, and I'm going to get an amen from that. All right. That's all right. That's all right. Nevertheless, at your word, right? So, um, so anyway, I, we had enough sense to, to, at the beginning of our marriage to say, you know what? We don't know it all, but what we are going to, uh, we're, we're going to uh, strive to do in everything that we do we are going to be givers. We're going to give. And everything that we, you know, we, we didn't understand how to operate our, our finances to the extent that we know today. Uh, we've taken the financial peace course, and that has really revamped how we've been doing. And I'm telling you what, there's peace and wisdom. There really, really is. And we're moving forward from that. But even before any of that, I saw too many testimonies in others. I see, I see it too often in the word here that God takes care of his children who can give cheerfully. It's just as simple as that. And I said, no matter what, Cana, we are going to purpose to give. We're always going to be on the lookout. We're going to consider options on how to give, even if it stretches us and forces us to have faith. And one of those moments, there's so many exam- so many things I could talk about with God coming through for us financially. But one in particular, a little over a year ago, God asked us to move here to be a part of Harvest Church and serve however we could. We could. And, and uh, that, that was tough. I, I, I was, I'm the only one, I, I still am uh, bringing in, well, Kana has, some, has, has a side hustle that she does, which helps. But anyway, I bring, I, I bring in the, the, I bring home the bacon. Let's just be honest, okay? Let's just call it like it is. 
So, so anyway, but I had to, before I come home, before we moved here, I had to quit my job. I didn't have a job lined up here. I had to quit my job, I, and I had those two little boys. And I, but I said, God, nevertheless, at your word, I was tired in that moment. Actually, someone preached that sermon, Luke chapter 5, to me, and it, I'll never forget it. But, but, but I remember the Lord saying, just, just cast one more time. Just cast out one more time. Oh, and so we did. We cast out one more time, and I said, okay, we're coming. I called pastor, and I said, pastor, this is what the Lord's asking us to do. We're going to do it. So we stepped out in faith and came. I quit my job. It took me uh, a month and a half to find a job. It took us um, maybe a little longer than that, maybe two months to get a house, and it was a process. But anyway, I'll make, I'll, I'll get, I'll make this a little bit shorter because we've got places to go. God, God provided in that time that I was not working, in that month, in that four weeks that I was not working, I may, I, I, we had more finances come in than I would have had if I would have continued that job. God was looking after us. Our, our, our moving finances were paid for. Everything was paid for. And, and some. We had some buffer. And, and that, that's only God. Like, and thank God for people being um, sensitive to the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, God, God's asking me to give this to you. You know, thank God, for, thank God for the body of Christ. We need each other. We need each other. God works through you. You know, God works through you. You know, what can I give to someone? You just stay quiet enough. Open your heart. Posture yourself in such a way, God, I want to be a giver. It doesn't have to be only finances. It can be anything. How can I help somebody else? That's what giving does, essentially. It helps somebody, right? So there's, other, there's another, another example is this. I remember Cain and I took a vacation, and a couple let us, uh, let us stay at their house. They were friends of ours from Ramah, and uh, just great friends of ours. And they let us stay at their house, and uh, they were going to do it for free. I mean, it wasn't even, you know, it was, it was for a week or so. But before we, before, I don't think it was that long, maybe a weekend. But before we left, I just thought, man, we need to give. And it, and it wasn't like that God, like, arrested my heart. You need to give. It was, you know, I prob- I'd like to give here. Lord, Lord, what can I give here? Start asking him, what can I give here? Stop waiting for, to be led Right? So we're waiting for, you know, a road to Damascus moment to give someone something. You know, that wasn't it for me. But we stopped and we said, you know what, we probably need to give something here. And we gave, to us at the time, was a substantial amount of money. Well, still at the time, still a substantial amount of money. So we gave it. The next day, someone gave to us double what we gave. Double. I mean, like that. It's not always been that way. I remember one time we gave... We gave more money, again. <laughs> but in the next year, we had, fa- I mean, I'm talking about favor with people that do not know us, giving us discounts. I mean, man, I mean, uh, we, when Gabriel was first born, uh, we had, uh, <laughs> he heard his name. When Gabriel was first born, uh, Cana was working at the time, and we had to pay for daycare. And we were not in a place where it was, well, daycare right now, man, I'm like, my goodness, Right? We got a different church than we were a part of. People we did not know. We just moved there. They gave us half price. Half, half price. People would, and so the, the money that we made 
back from that covered so much of what we already gave. And then more came in, came in, came in. So God is faithful. I'm saying all this to, to, to testify the faithfulness of God, specifically in finances. Because when, when we just commit ourselves to his word, not give because I, I need to be taken care of. God's taking care of you. But one of the ways that he does so is when we're obedient to what he says to do. Right? Let's, faith without works is dead. Let's, let's express our faith through uh, giving and loving one another right? God is faithful. He'll come through every time. So the, the first thing tonight I wanted to encourage you in is that he is faithful because what he says is true. The next one is this, and you can turn with me to Romans chapter 8. God is faithful because his love is relentless. God is faithful because his love is relentless. If you take inventory right now of your mind of the people that you can list as faithful, I bet you they're really good at loving you. I bet they're really good at loving you. The people who are faithful to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there for you. If you call, if you call I'm going to answer. Even the people that you want to be faithful toward, do you not love them? The people that you say, man, i, I got to come through for them. I've got to. You love them, right? God is that times infinity. Actually, to be scriptural about it, exceedingly abundantly above, right? He is that because his love is relentless. Romans chapter 8, verse 38, it says this, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor thing present, come on, nor thing present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. They can't do it. It's too strong. God continues to pursue us. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Corinthians tells us that the love of God constrains us. It holds us. It keeps us. It keeps us steady. God is faithful because his ability to love is perfect. It's perfect. And if we, if, we are, if we are learning to be more faithful in our marriage, in, in raising our children, and our job, whatever it is, take note of the love of God. Take note of the love of God and you will begin to be faithful. Because it's impossible. It, it, they go hand in hand. God's faithfulness and love are connected. 1 John 1, 9, you don't have to turn there. I'll, I'll read it real quick. It says this, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful to do so and just. I love that. Psalm 23, 6, it says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. He's faithful because he loves to pursue me. He's faithful because he loves to pursue me. You know, there was times I was talking about, you know, God providing for us financially in areas where we stepped out in faith. There's a, there were times in our life where Cain and I did not so good things. And we, um, I, I guess I should just say, just, they're just dumb things. We just did something dumb. And, um, but God was still faithful because his goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. My good days, my bad days. The days where I'm operating better than what I should be, right? He's following me all the days of my life. His goodness and his mercy 
follow me all the days of my life. God is so faithful. He's so faithful. And the last one is this. God is faithful because he's able and willing. Let's turn back to Hebrews chapter 11. God is faithful because he's able and willing. I say that because of this. I would never consider someone faithful who didn't have the ability to come through, right? There are, there are things that I cannot ask of Gabriel that I could ask of Leon. <laughs> because there's no way that Gabriel's going to be able to do the things, things for me that, that Brother Leon does, takes care of for me and helps lead me in faithful. We grow into this faithfulness. Right? It's the fruit of the Spirit. We grow in this. But God is faithful because he speaks the truth, because he loves relentlessly, perfectly, and because he's able and willing. He's able and willing. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. There's nothing too small or too big that God cannot take care of. He's in the details, and he sees the big picture. He does it all. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 and 18, it says this. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. He's referring to Abraham there. He's basically saying this. Abraham offered up his only son. But he had a promise. He didn't just offer up his son. He had a promise, right? He, he had a word from the Lord. Look, what, look at this. Of whom it was said in Isaac, your seed, your seed shall be, call, be called, verse 19, concluding that God was able, underline it, highlight it, God was able to raise him up even from the dead. I can't imagine the fortitude, the obedience, the, the, the faith it would take for me to offer up either one of my two boys. I mean, wow. No way. But, but, but we have insight here as to the way, the, the, the heart set of Abraham. Because Abraham said, well, even if I do kill him, like you're asking me to, you're able to raise him. You're able to raise him. You're able to come through. You're still able. God is able the things that you thought that you had to leave behind, that you thought were God's, and, and, and when God spoke to you, he's able to bring it back. Because God is faithful. You know, he's still make, bringing beauty for ashes. He's still doing that today. In Luke chapter 4, before a little bit before he was reading, Jesus read Isaiah chapter 61. In Isaiah chapter 61, it says... That, that, that the Lord God has anointed me for he, or the Lord God has, has anointed me to heal the sick, to proclaim liberty to the captives. He goes on to say, to bring beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, beauty for ashes. Ashes are, you cannot repair it. They're done. They have no value because they, you can't do anything with it, but he can still make it beautiful. He can, he, he can still take what we can't even conceive on how to even make it something worth keeping around. He turns it around for something beautiful because he's faithful. He's faithful because he speaks truth. He's faithful because he loves perfectly and relentlessly. And he's faithful because he's able 
and he's willing. Luke chapter 5. If you kept your space there, go back to Luke chapter 5. And a little bit further down from when we were reading, we'll start in verse 17. And I love this portion here that I'm getting ready to read uh, because it, it talks a lot about the, the, the Lord's heart to heal, to heal the sick. Um, I'll, just, I'll just read it here, and then, and then and I'll pull out what I, what I want to show you tonight. It says this, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. Take note of who was sitting by. Pharisees and teachers of the law. Some of the most critical people of Jesus at the time. Okay? Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. Who had come out to every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal who? Them. Some translations say all. That would include the Pharisees and the teachers there trying to catch him in a loophole to say, blasphemer, put him, put him to death. The power of God was there to heal him. Which gives you insight into the compassion of Jesus and the, and the spirit of God to heal. Also this, I want to point this out to you too. What was happening there? Did they have a healing line operating? No. Did they have ushers come up to the front and have people stand? No. And that's holy. We do this. And that's perfect. That's a great way to, to do this. But Jesus was simply teaching. And the power of God was available to heal them. In other words, if they would have tapped into what Jesus was here, if they would have opened up their hearts and their ears to what Jesus was saying, the power of God was present to heal them. If they would have faith in the word that he was teaching, being open to what he's saying, God's power was available to bring change. His anointing was, is available to bring change. Jesus says, when two or more gather in my name, I'm present, right? When Jesus steps onto scene, Power is made available to bring godly change. He changes it, turns it around for good. So, so, so my point in, in saying this, let's, let's continue to read. Verse 18. Then, beho then behold, men brought, in a man, uh, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and they laid before him. And when they could not find how... They might bring him in because of the crowd. They went up to the housetop and let him down on his bed, the, uh, the, the, till, the tilling into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to them, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? And who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why do you reason in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk? <laughs> I, love, I love Jesus. <laughs> what is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, go home. And immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on and departed to his own house glorifying God. Love this scene. Absolutely love it. Jesus is making a point here that he is, we see number one, that the power of God was present to heal them, everyone there. Even the Pharisees that came up and said, who are you saying that you have the, you know, 
the ability to heal, uh, forgive sins. Right? Only God can do that. The power of God was present to heal it. Remember, God is faithful because he's able and willing. He was willing even from the beginning. He was willing from the beginning. And when he saw the faith of those who let down the man through the roof, I mean, what a... Man, if the ceiling started to fall right now... Uh, anyway, I'm not even going to go there. God's going to bring him up. God's going to raise him up. He's willing to do so. He didn't look at the man and said... All these people have been waiting out here to hear me a whole time. Go stand in the back and wait your turn. He didn't say that. No, no, he had compassion. Remember the leper that came to Jesus? He said, Lord, I know you're able, but if you're willing, will you make me clean? Jesus said, I am willing. I am willing. He came knowing to, that, his, that his, as, as God anointed him to do so, one of his, one of his uh, mode of operations, if you will, while he was walking out as Messiah and still today as high priest is healing the sick. He does it today because he's able and he's willing. God is able and he's willing to come through for us. He'll never turn us away. He'll never turn anyone away that you send to them. And I'll, and I'll say this. The people that you've been waiting to invite to church... We all play this church game, okay? Man, I got to wait for this perfect service, and I hope someone, I hope that, that so-and-so is speaking, and I hope that this is happening, and I hope that they play this type of song, you know, this or that. Increase your faith. Increase your faith. Get them to the house. Bring them into the presence of Jesus. Because Jesus is beyond a song. He's beyond a speaker. He's beyond the, the order of service. He's beyond all these things. The power of God is present to bring godly change because the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. Get them to the house because God is the only one faithful enough for them to put their trust in. Everything else is telling them something one day and then telling them something different. The things of this world goes up and down consistently like this. And God says, I'm too faithful for that. I'm too faithful not to come through. You bring them to me. Remember, and man, when Jesus was on the earth, they would bring the sick to Jesus. Because they seen, they seen Jesus. They, church, let's get in our Bible and see that Jesus is the healer, that he is the provider, that we don't have to doubt, that we don't have to fear, that we can walk in the strength of the Lord, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And his Holy Spirit is with us, he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, and then you bring him to church, and you keep bringing him to church. You keep bringing him to church, and you keep bringing him to church, because the power of God is what transforms lives. Paul said it himself, I'm not here to speak in man's wisdom, but I'm here to speak so that the power of God can be available so that you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Man, God is able. He is willing. Our God is faithful. Those things that we've been considering that God may be absent from or that we've been too quick to judge how to walk out in our life, I encourage you tonight, stop, take a breath, and consider the faithfulness of God. For God is not a man that he should lie. And if he said it, won't he do it? If he's spoken it, will he not turn it around for good? He will do so. 
last scripture is this, and I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you here. Hebrews chapter chapter ten, verse twenty three. It said It says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith or the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Hold fast the confession of your faith, church. Hold fast. What does that mean? Keep it close to your heart. Keep it in front of your eyes. Let it come in your ears. And when something says otherwise, cast it down. Cast it down. If it's fear, cast it down. If it's uncertainty, get into the word and remind you of what God said about it. If, if you're feeling anxious about it, bring all prayer and supplication unto the Lord. Right? So that his peace that passes understanding may rule our hearts and minds. Do what the Lord says to do. And he will prove himself faithful. He's too faithful not to. I love this. It says, without it says if we, if we hold fast our confession of hope without wavering for, or, or in other words, you could say, because he who promised is faithful. Have you ever been around a particular person that when you, that when you were around them, you felt stable? You felt like, man, everything's going to be okay. Think back to, to, to when you're growing up, because this happens to me and Kane all the time. Mommy, Daddy. Daddy, I bumped my finger. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay, go play. They wanted to feel certain about what was happening. He bumped his thumb. But he, it made him feel unstable. But he needed his daddy to assure him that it was okay. And then he went on his way. If you feel uncertain, there's only one constant. His name is Jesus. And he's here for you. I've seen too much, not to say that God is not faithful in my own life. I serve under leadership, that I've seen the faithfulness of God in their, li in their lives. We have a house of believers here at Harvest Church who can give you countless testimonies of the, of the faithfulness of God. So if you're wondering what your next step is, if you don't know what, what to do next, let me help you with that. Cry out to Jesus. Repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I don't know where to go from here. I need to be reassured of, that you are faithful. It's okay. Jesus is saying it's okay. Accept Jesus into your heart. Say this, Heavenly Father, I ask you that you would just save me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that he raised himself from the dead. And I believe that he loves me. I need a Savior. I've missed it. I repent. Amen. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And those doubts, those things that may try to come against what God is speaking to you and the truth that has risen in your heart tonight, remember, he's too faithful for that. He's too faithful not to do what he said. Well, my prayer is that 
your faith was encouraged tonight, that you were strengthened, that you saw the faithfulness of God in his word, and that you'll hold fast the confession of our faith. Oh, man, don't grow weary in doing good, for in due time we will reap a harvest. God is so faithful.